crash cymbal. Those are real drums, guys. To the Old Town Pod. Gonna <laughs> buy a mic till That's I the can. cadence that it, he has in the song. <laughs> oh, nice. Sorry. It's all choppy. We've all heard it. I got yep. my mics in the bag. Gonna yep. go to the checkout line and purchase it. We bought a zoo. Rock and roll music. Well, rock and roll ain't dead boys you know that was our 30th take of the intro song and i think we got that one right yeah for let's sure. keep let's keep that one for sure hello for sure. and welcome to we bought a mic a pop culture podcast featuring lil nas x say mm. say hi lil nas there's no way Who, I can do it. Who's gonna do it? Who's gonna do it? I was like, there's no way I can do a voice, and then this won't. Boom! You're canceled. You're canceled forever. <laughs> uh, welcome to the show. I'm Ernest, and with us today is Mr. Official Jake Gyllenhaal correspondent. Greg. Yes, mm. Greg Noonan is here. What up? And as always, Hunter, Drew. Hey, 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 guys. Hey. Oh, What's am I? Up? Am I on? Oh, hi. Yeah. Yeah. We're oh, back. Hey, We're here. Hey. Um, we're talking a little bit of everything today on our catch-up corner. Mostly um, the birth of our nation. Yeah, we are recording this on the eve of the great day of celebration of our flag. The most important holiday that we mm. have. I pledge allegiance to Lil Nas mm. of the United States of Old Town Road. <laughs> and to the Billy Ray Cyrus for which he stands. We can't <laughs> that's one thing we should talk about. We didn't cover this in the in the in the in the planning sesh, but uh the episode of Black Mirror where Miley Cyrus is like, My dad fucking sucks. I did watch that. <laughs> that's that's no nope. I keep I keep uh, uncovering layers to this episode without ever. I know watching I've been it. talking about it vaguely for a couple episodes I'm just now. Not gonna watch it. What this did you think better. about it, Greg? I think that it's hilarious that Miley Cyrus is like, my dad fucking sucks for an hour and a half. The, and if, that, if you can well, watch that her, episode and not walk away with that read on that. Her um, her aunt, right? Y- yeah, her yeah, aunt. How she, and no, my favorite line, which I still quote every day to my girlfriend, is when she becomes, spoiler alert, she becomes sentient. And she's like, get that fucking thing out of my ass. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> It was. Oh, I was also pleasantly reminded that Miley Cyrus is actually was an actress for like a long time. I was like, oh right, right, she's on TV. That's she's a thing. yeah, she's good at doing really cheesy stuff. Yeah. Like she's funny yeah. at that. But I think she should bring back Hannah Montana. But, I, oh, but she now is, she is kind of doing it on her Instagram, but like way over sexualized. Not perfect. So it's. <laughs> I mean, win win. I mean, win <laughs> win. And apparently, her new album. Uh, it's called She Is Coming, oh, and it has God. something to Come do with on. an alternate persona. I don't know. I, Maybe it's Ashley O. Yeah. <gasps> Could Some, be. Oh, something man. Like this that. is a tie-in. Well, it's I mean, a black mirror that you can see the reflection in. Doesn't the, the Black Mirror episode have, like, a Disney Channel movie feel to it a it's, little bit? Uh, yeah, I guess, actually, now that you say that. I mean, quality-wise. Like <laughs> <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> it is It is kind of like a Friday Janice is going to find out that her action figure's got a mind of its own. Yeah. It, like, it, it does kind of have Yeah, that. yeah. Child's play in theaters now. <laughs> um, what, what else are we even talking about? We're talking about the number one song in America. In the world. Old Town Road. And the number one EP in EP. America. My heart will go on. Yeah. Is, it actually, is the EP actually number one? Yeah, yeah. number one EP in the world. Yeah. Why wouldn't it be? What else is there? 
I well, I mean, I just think that it's great that the EP is like what six songs long, and two of them are Old Town Road. Yeah, and then there's <laughs> yeah. So then um, we have Panini, which I enjoy. Panini, is it's a an great enjoyable song. Just like the sandwich. Uh, yeah. Yes, but it's actually named after some Cartoon Network character that I'm not familiar with, named Panini. Here, here's the thing about this EP: the titular sandwich. It, it really caught me off guard because Old Town Road. Well, okay. Well, first of all, Old Town Road went from being just like a meme song yeah. to it, it took you a long time to acclimate to Old Town Road. I'm, I'm and you still, probably still are I'm not. I'm still acclimating to it, to be <laughs> honest with you. Ernest was offended viscerally by Old Town Road. It just shocked me that like a song that is so short and minimalistic could reach the masses on such a level. Did like, shock your like country core? Is that why you like revolt oh, against the clash it? Like, of genre? Who is this urban man in my country <laughs> music? Yes, um, yes, I the the country fan of we so yes. Mike. Yeah. I like it. I'm not going to call this a great EP or anything. I love Lil Nas X unironically as a guy. Um, I think that what he's done is absolutely brilliant. Um, I was just telling you guys beforehand, what he did is he tweet decked himself into international fame. Oh, yeah. What's a tweet deck? So I, I just learned about all this stuff. Uh, tweet decking is a practice that started uh, a few years ago on Twitter. Um, they Someone released like a desktop app that lets you manage multiple Twitter accounts at once, basically. Right. And so tweet decking, it's called tweet deck, but the act of tweet decking is when... Uh, a group of accounts with a lot of followers that act in, they're in the same realm of uh, subject, you know, like comedy accounts or whatever. Got it. Uh, one person will run a tweet deck for all of them. So he'll have access to all the accounts and then people will pay that person to get a like from all of these accounts in the tweet deck with a lot of followers. So the manipulation of truth and reality. Yes. So yeah, as a as a service. Yeah, aka marketing. So Lil Nas X is like the Mysterio of Twitter. Oh my oh, god. Oh, it Spoiler. all ties Whoa. together. Full circle. So Holy shit. I well so I at first a lot of people don't like tweet decking, but a it's better than any other way that you get famous. Almost, uh, it's as a you know, instead of uh, the only one that it's actually better is just being a good artist and getting noticed. But Pulled that doesn't. What is this? What? That? Yeah, where are we right now? That doesn't <laughs> happen. So he he tweet decks people. They like a post that he posted of a rodeo where a guy's riding a bull and Old Town Road is playing, and, he, and the caption is just like. Uh, country music is different now that song goes viral on tiktok because of that post uh from tiktok it goes back to twitter and then it ends up on instagram facebook every single social media network and it's the number one song in the universe it's just it is crazy though that that song started just as a meme yeah and now that's it's the just, craziest thing well he wanted to be over. he wanted so to be an artist he like he yeah. <laughs> he was <laughs> he was trying to become a musician and he found the beat first and the beat had a country twang to it, so he was like, "Oh, I'll just make some kind of country song." And the way he did it is truly unique. Is I'm, it? I, so I I have not heard the song and know precious little except that people. You've not heard. I've not heard the song. Oh shit! I haven't. I, not like I'm not doing the thing where it's like I've never seen Star Wars. <laughs> That's my whole identity. I just haven't heard it. I haven't sought it out. Uh, should I? No. Uh, it's well. I like I like Old Town. Road. I do too. I think but it's a catchy I wouldn't song. tell you be like, dude, you gotta hear. Listen this shit. to the original version. And do not I need to hear it to Cyrus. understand what's happening to like? Yes, society. you do. It's essentially it's just like a tongue in cheek hip hop country it, song. It's the equivalent it. of like looking at a meme on Twitter. 
It's like, oh, dude, you got to see this meme. But it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a good well, meme. But it's like Zendaya is Michi where it's stuck in your head for weeks and you're like, oh, I guess that's good because the point of pop music is to get stuck in your head yeah, for weeks. So true. it succeeds exactly. at what it wants to and do. And what, what I did want to bring up about this whole thing is like this EP, right? So this, this song comes out. It's a sensation. It's this like really uh, low stakes, high yielding thing that is – a fucking phenomenon right? right so then he's like okay what's next like you were thinking like one hit wonder he's just a meme it'll it'll pass next thing but he comes out with this fucking ep it's not like a revelation or anything but it solidifies himself as it solidifies him as like an actual uh musical force to reckon well, with and so the thing is with this ep it's not like amazing or anything else like he is trying his whole thing is just like blending genres yeah, the, together the there's rock like, influences yeah i was gonna here. say there's just like some straight up like alternative rock songs that are on this thing yeah. where it's yeah. like what well, i think it's uh this is i mean this is the positive yeah, aspect of thing like the soundcloud generation that no one wants to admit is that all those guys like Lil Uzi, they will openly tell you their biggest influences are like fucking vanessa carlton or something they're t- they're a melting pot of all genres of music so they can take all that in and then put out something that's really unique instead of just taking in pop it's, and putting out pop. Yeah, this this little Nazi P, that's the that's the key is just how unique it is. It's not it, it's not amazing. It's, no, it's not, not exemplary, um, but it's so different than anything else that I've heard in, in such a long well, time. That's why I like Old Town Road because I like I'm not going to put it it's not prestige pop, but look at the top 40 right now. What is better? Not much. Like, it's a truly catchy song that's funny. Yo, have you heard the new DJ Khaled album? Another one? <laughs> Another one! That was quick. That was good. That was, that was good. Um, and that's why I appreciate it, because he's competing with Trash, so he's winning. Well, like, actually, the, he won. The one album that is ahead of Lil Nas right now is The Raconteurs. Hey, they, they put the, out. Really? Yeah. I forgot that. Oh, yeah. They had that well, album. that's because that one has physical album sales, which mean a lot more than streams. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, Do people buy records? People buy uh, Jack White records because well, he owns a record true. company. Yeah. <laughs> right, right, right. It's just him buying his own <laughs> records. <Yeah. laughs> Oh shit! Uh, I did want to shout out the song "Closure" or CL Seven CLO Seven. CL nine S. Yeah. How do you even spell it? It's C seven Osier. C seven Osier. Yes. Okay. There we go. That's probably the the standout track for me. It's just got like this like kind of sweet little bop to it where you just can't help but like sway your body a little mm-hmm. bit while you listen to it. Um, right. And he also just glides through it lyrically in that one. He recently on Twitter came out as gay, mm-hmm. and in, yeah. in and then he was like, "Did you guys not listen to the closure?" And then the lyrics are like very metaphorically pointing toward that his the coming the the thing that i so i follow him on twitter because he's just amusing like you you said the the whole thing <laughs> he tweeted like two days ago he was like he's like i won't be listening to my music now that i found out that i'm gay he's like this is a great twitter person there were yeah there are only a few people in music who are actually funny like kenny beats is really funny the producer um, and then uh, uh, Thundercat is really funny. Thundercat's funny. Lil Nas is, like, very funny. Yeah. If anything, that's the biggest takeaway from this whole thing is how he's managed to um, really just force his way into fame in the most wholesome way possible that just makes everyone <laughs> sort of happier. I think we were talking about that the other day. That's something I really dearly miss is, like, but, but when I was a, a lad, 
like all of the punk it was like green day and blink 182 and some 41 and there was this levity to everything they, they like joked it was all a joke everything was yeah. like fuck you it's not that serious we're writing pop songs and everything's been so goddamn serious since 9-11 I, that, dude, really, I was i'm glad you said really that it's nice that people are joking like again in music dead serious i was just listening to a podcast where they were talking about how for weeks um, Tom Green's "The Bum Bum Song" <laughs> yeah, man, that was, was the number one song phenomenon. in America on TRL in 1999. And then just like to look at that now, you're like, why would that ever? We're yeah. reaching a stage where we're allowed to be funny like that, but uh, things took a step back. And this is just fun. It's fun music. Yeah. I'm not gonna call it good like you. Uh, I, I like <laughs> I like the song "Rodeo." It's like a it's another yeah, Cardi we- B. It's another Western influence. Our collective girl. Uh, no, Cardi let's B's not. on this EP. She yeah. hopped. Yeah, she Cardi- hopped on rodeo, and then he just Cardi tweeted. Cardi a member of the podcast. Um, yesterday he just tweeted, "You guys are gonna go insane when you find out who's about to hop on uh one of his songs, maybe closure. I don't know, but someone's about to hop on another one of his singles. Gordon Ramsay, maybe Panini. <laughs> I don't know. Panini is like, yeah, a- dude, he wants to get Gordon Ramsay on Panini. <laughs> Pan- I heard yeah. that John Lennon's gonna make an appearance on the album. <laughs> Panini is like a genuinely good hip hop beat. Like it's like a Travis Scott beat. Quality yeah. stuff. He's I, I'm a fan of the guy. I'm not gonna like put it on repeat, but most music is so not notable in any way that yeah. the fact that this is notable in a significant way makes it better than most music. Well, speaking of music that's no longer notable, a, a band or artist that has lost Coheed all Coheed and Cambria has the- <laughs> a new album oh, out. You son of a whore. <laughs> <laughs> um so the Black Keys put out an album. Let's rock in quotations. In quotes. Let's Fuck rock. Yeah, um, that's awesome. I listened to it. I couldn't even tell you a standout track on it. It's not oh, a no. bad album. It's just it's a solid rock album that you listen to and you're like that was solid. It'll and be the background to like a Chevy commercial. Yeah, pretty much. I, no, take, I'd, I'd step take, it up to like. Like an Audi commercial, like, a, yeah, like Audi maybe. <laughs> yeah. Oh shit! Okay. Yeah. Or like a like a thing that you'll watch the whole commercial. There'll be a nice song, and you'll have no idea what it was mm-hmm. that was being yeah. advertised. I, I'd say thing. the the singles are probably the standout tracks. Maybe there's like but, one or two that aren't singles. No, I, that I, I think, agree with you. Yeah, but low high. Low high is a good song. Yeah, that's the one that that has the riff that's like. I just, I mean, my whole thing with this album, like, I wasn't that high on Turn Blue. Um, Turn Blue is Turn like, Blue's great. It, it has a couple of good songs on it, but I thought that that was a big step back from El Camino, which was a step back from Brothers. Damn. So like, really, I think Brothers, I think is my favorite. Shade on, album, I mean, but, yeah. But then El Camino, I really love that album. Turn Blue, I think is good. I don't think this is as good as Turn Blue, though. Mm. So I don't like the direction. I think this is a good album. What do you think, Ernest? It's solid. It's solid. I, I, I love the Black Keys. I mean, they've been one of my favorite bands of the decade. I'd probably put Brothers on my list of best albums of the oh, decade yeah. easily. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, I agree that they haven't reached that level of quality, but I love El Camino and Turn Blue. Oh, yeah. Like, El they're Camino not masterpieces, but there's so many songs on there that I love. And with this new one, I'm sure that the more I listen to it, the more I'll find stuff to love in it. Because I think that's what. Happened with El Camino and Turn Blue for me that at first I wasn't quite as warmed up to it, and then with subsequent listens, I found more to love. You in know there. what the best thing about uh, Let's quote unquote Let's Rock is is that their last song on the album is a reference to Twin Peaks. Yeah, Firewalk. Fire yeah, wow. you yeah. should be way higher on this album. <laughs> 
yeah. Just, nice. So I love it. It's my favorite album. The of biggest all time. loss I think between Brothers and El Camino was the departure from it just being two dudes and having all type of other stuff going on. I agree. Which they seem to have leaned further and further into. Does this continue down that path? Well, at that point, at that point, <clears throat> I mean, they I, were already starting to incorporate more elements into the music. Um, this right. is more stripped down, though. Is it back to strip? It's more. It's, it's not it sounds, totally strip. Yeah. It's not like they're like attack and release or any you of those. Can't. I mean, you can't. If you're two guys, eventually you have to bring in some other. Yeah, it extends beyond that, but it mind, is but more guitar and drum driven that's than the last couple albums. I like the album because, quite frankly, I can't name many bands that are putting out straightforward rock music. There are none. Um, well, and if they are, it, it's very likely bad. And also, if they are, it's very likely a, like a throwback act, like Greta Van Fleet or like the yep. Black Crows were in 1990. Also, Greta Van Fleet's horrible. Yeah, so <laughs> I, I tweeted about them today. This is, anybody this is a safe to space. Death so about Greta Van no, Fleet. here's here's what I said today. Uh, Greta Van Fleet is to Wolfmother. Yeah. What, oh my god. What Wolfmother is to Led Zeppelin. Yeah, like peop- yep. there's a middle ground. That's Greta right. Van Fleet is miles away from Led Zeppelin. Yeah. Wolfmother is a lot closer. I actually, right. I was gonna actually yeah. bring up Wolfmother because somebody insulted me earlier. Uh, <laughs> at some point, uh, Wolfmother was playing, and they're like, "Whoa, listen, it's just like they're Led Zeppelin." And I was like, er, like doing it mockingly because I talked about how much I hated Greta Van Vliet. And they're like, <laughs> "Oh, I'm just, <laughs> it's the same thing as Greta Van Vliet." And I'm like, "No, it's not. It's there is. It's better. There is Wolfmother. Is if better. you ask them about their lyrics, they could tell you." You about them without sounding like Spinal Tap. And the pale moon like, <laughs> That's what killed me because I didn't hate that song. I didn't like the band, but I didn't hate that song. And then I saw this interview with the singer, and oh, he's a-, a fucking douchebag. They're asking. It's literally a scene out of Spinal Tap. They're asking yeah, him man. about his lyrics. They're like, "What did you mean by like the purple fog encapsulating the land?" He's like, "Yeah, I was just imagining uh, a land being encapsulated by <laughs> by purple fog. It's some shit like that." No one. I, I'll tell you this right. <laughs> here and i i know that i'm right no one thinks greta van fleet is better than the dudes that are in greta van fleet oh yeah, yes <laughs> no, oh yeah. no I'll t- no one person does and it's their father oh <laughs> no who made yeah. them who like for- whipped them into being a band wait Gross. are they are they related three of them are brothers oh boy oh, and the like other one Kings went to leon situation and, yeah and the other went to school with them and they all look like brothers and it's like not in a good way like yeah. they look like scary anyway so that's not what this album is. Yeah, Black Keys. <laughs> Black Keys. If you want a solid rock it's- album and the Cage the Elephant album just left you flaccid, this one will give you a little bit of a house. I was going to say it's this better. is it's a better album than the Cage the Elephant album, but I'll be revisiting it um, about as much as I'm going to revisit I, the new Cage the Elephant album, which is to say I'm just going to go listen to their older shit. Here's, I, here's, I enjoy it. Here's what I'll say. I am so into the Black Keys. Like, they are just one of my all-time favorite bands that it would take a lot for me to be like i am done with them here's you know i'm gonna listen to it i'm gonna well, enjoy they're it. the big surprise it's gonna be on little nas x's full album <laughs> oh. here's here's what well, i think that better. this is i think this album is their weezer green album or maybe red album. that's a good album depending on which one you like more Wait, what <laughs> What? <laughs> what? What, are, what are your feelings? It's crazy to draw a parallel between those two <laughs> records in any way. Just well, That's no. The most interesting. So Island in the Sun, and then like twenty years later, they put out the Pork red and Beans. Pork and Beans okay. is a fucking Pork anthem. Pork and Beans is a banger. So, Don't you dare well, no, yeah. pork both, and beans. Both of those albums for me personally, 
they have the thing in common where it's like, yeah, they're not. It's not the peak. Like they're not going to reach that peak no, no, again. No, no, but no. it's still listenable and yeah, it's yeah. still enjoyable. And if they had not put out the peak, I would like it more because I wouldn't be wistfully thinking about the peak. What? Who is? What is Weezer's peak? Um, they're f- and if you say Pinkerton, I'm saying Blue Album. Blue. Okay, all right. Are I'm you saying, first record? Is yeah. anyone saying Pinkerton? Blue. What? I'd say I mean, blue. Rivers Como saying Pinkerton. <laughs> blue. Blue is. Blue if is you're a real song. Weezer head, then Pinkerton. Make believe. That was peak. If you're a real Weezer head, then Hurley is when they really hit that <laughs> oh, strong. Yeah. If you're a real Weezer head, then Pinkerton is when they really wanted to fuck 15-year-old girls. That's right. Like That's God the, damn that's that's the peak Japanese of Weezer's aphibophilia, if you will. Oh, man. Here's well, a hot take. Weezer's bad. <laughs> <laughs> All right. We've been dancing around it. We might have just lost fans Weezer, there, Weezer's, but the truth is out. Yeah, Weezer's, but did you see their Fortnite album? Here's the thing. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. There's a whole... I, I, I will not respond. <laughs> <laughs> the thing with Weezer is the same thing that is true of a whole bunch of other bands. B- Bright Eyes, like Connor Oberst, is one of the first one that comes to mind uh, mm. because I'm old. But uh, like uh, some bands, just need to fucking edit, man. Like you can't put out like y- you know like the Beatles put out like what ten records in ten years and they were all amazing and that's a miracle and no one's ever done it's that ever happen. again. Yeah, just don't do it. Listen back to your record. And go, ah, those three songs suck. Let's yeah. just take them the fuck off. Well, yeah. w- r- that's Rivers. Like, Rivers is doing everything, I feel like. And his oh, bandmates yeah. are like, hey, do you think maybe that sucks, dude? <laughs> and then he's like, no, what? What do you, what'd you say? <laughs> I've got a formula. Yeah, he, like, pulls out his gun. He's like, what'd you say? <laughs> They're like, no, I didn't say anything. Uh, let's yeah. do another, like, C, G, A minor, F. <laughs> that's, that's, a, that's a tried and hold true. On, hold on, hold on. Is it in 4-4? Four, four? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, of course. Yeah. Speaking of editing, let's edit... To the next segment. Jesus. Of Speaking Christ. of editing, I'm gonna edit that segment out because I hated it. <laughs> can you, can you, do you have like sound effect? Can you do like a <laughs> boy? Oh, wait, 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 sh- wait, let's get a clean cut. Let's get a clean cut. Yeah, clean cut. <laughs> no, okay, it's what's, gone now. What's that right. thing? That was like a film reel, like running out of film. <laughs> it's hard to do a record scratch with your yeah. mouth. Anyway, um, let's run through some things that we've been watching or listening to, like some people on this table. <laughs> we're all sitting um, on the table. On it's the kind table. of like reading for the ears, you could say. Yeah. Well, let me let me just take a quick five here for mine because I'm not going to go. Brought to you by Audible. <laughs> this mm. podcast is brought to you by Stella Artois. Did you know that Audible now has live sports? Oh shit! I'm mixing. No, that's my, Hulu. God damn it! Oh, Did you that's know your that Hulu? I just we lost both sponsors right then. You can make a great website with purple mattress. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so I've been watching two things that I want to talk about, and I'm going to talk about them very briefly because we're going to touch on them again at some point. Ernie's saying this as if to be like, so when you guys talk so about your when things, the one be brief. person here who has not seen these well, things. Well, look, it, in truth, I haven't had much time to watch things as of late. No, same. Uh, so I've been, I've been catching up on other things, you know, like like Big Brother. <laughs> or is that uh, one of your two essential things? television, as yeah. we say in peak TV, or era. going to Disney World or watching every Toy Story movie? You know things. Did you watch every Toy Story movie? Yes. Oh yeah. Uh, but <laughs> I did watch season one and two of Fleabag. Oh my god! Mm. On Amazon Prime. I really. What did you think? Uh, this show really took uh, Lee and I on a journey because on the first season. We binged it, and it was so fucking depressing yeah, and man. sad. 
It was some dark, dark, dark shit as you unravel this woman who has, like, absolutely shunned everyone in her life away and has no semblance of uh, really any good way to live her life. And that's kind of on the note that it leaves off on. And then we took a little bit of a break, like, what, maybe two weeks before watching Whoa! season two? I don't know how you could wait. Yeah, man. <laughs> no yeah. I, don't, yeah. I don't think I'd have made it. Yeah, but it, it, it was good because it made it so we felt the the shift of season oh, two. okay. And it still feels like a complete story, which is crazy to say because season two is made specifically for television as season one was made, uh, was adapted from a stage um, play. Yeah, a Wait, one, hold on. One person show. Lee, you should just take my place right now. Like, I, I cannot contribute. Just hide it. Okay, oh, wow. we're, we're switching. Hide. We're tapping okay. out. Okay. Hey, Lee. Say hi. Actually, this is Drew, and I have a lot to say. Um, no. First of all, Coheed and Cambria no. sucks, and I don't care if you're oh my friend. My God. You're Whoa. outnumbered here now. Well, at least well, you're on evil. Okay, even yeah. so I guess this means we can carve out a, a flea bag segment right, right. now. All right, no, flea bag segment. So, real whittling. quick, you said you were going to be brief. Let's just okay, let's that's throw good. it out there. That's good. So anyway, the whole thing that I was ramping up to is that what season t- two does, it, it creates a complete arc for this character. That we only know as Fleabagger, unnamed yeah. Fleabag. protagonist. <laughs> uh, where in the first season, you break her down, you break her down, you strip her apart, you alienate her. And then in season two, through the the amplification of all of the themes and ensemble cast and the introduction of our hot priest character, oh, you build priest. her back up all the way to the point where you you leave off on such a much it, it's still kind of like a bittersweet note but it's so but much it's, more hopeful it's fucking good yeah it's a it's the the, I, the last shot of the last season is like master class writing yeah i don't want to get too into spoilers uh because i need to we gotta carve out a whole thing for this thing um so did you like it yeah how yeah, loved it, loved it. I mean, um, I mean, here's the thing. How could you not? Here's the thing, and I told uh, Greg about this when we talked about it the other day. Uh, we live in in an age of overabundance of content, like so many things to watch, way too many things to watch. Cannot possibly keep up with everything, and less and less time to devote to all that. So when a show comes along that is so concise and so specific with how it's going to make use of all your time and respect your time i appreciate that so much and fleabag maximizes that to such an extent where every fucking frame yeah. every millisecond of that sh- of that show is just maximized to its fullest potential to communicate as much drama and comedy yeah. and tension and, not, and character an development. Ounce of fat on that show. So, not an ounce of it's, fat. It's incredibly lean and efficient. And it honestly, it's it takes you on a fucking roller coaster because it, you go through it all. Yeah. You go through through incredible humor, amazing snappy dialogue and editing, and really dark emotional, uh, just thoughtful acting beats from all of these ca- uh, characters. Well, I have to say, being a woman that's going through my own quarter-life crisis, <laughs> I really gravitated towards the towards this show. I think season one, it traumatized me a little bit because 
um, it was almost too real. I don't think it's it's a topic that's discussed enough about all the pressures that we put on ourselves and how we medicate ourselves. I think if you can relate at all by either the fact that you were overly sexual or overly addicted to different substances or overly addicted to what people thought of you and you reacted in in different ways growing up and getting into your early 30s this show takes all of those themes and shoves it into season one what i did not like even though i really really enjoyed season two was that it almost was too simple. I expected the end of season two to gut me like a fish, and instead it left me with this soft kind of kiss on the forehead ending when you were pulled in all these different emotional directions, especially expecting some chaos like season one. Yeah, that's a good point. And so I think I was not... I don't I don't want to say I was underwhelmed, but... I definitely felt like there was... Uh, I wish they had one more episode of some kind of crazy-ass shit that happened But it was it end. was different. It was it was going for something a little bit different. And then when you, when you think about, like, the, the priest's speech, that last episode, like, what he... The, the Wait, love, are we doing spoilers? No, no, I don't no, want, no, I don't no, want no. to get into specific, but, like... I would, the, I'd I, say that he's... So the difference between her at the end of season one and her at the end of season two is that the priest at the end of season two is where she is at the end of season one. Ooh, yes. I like he's, that take. So, so we, we, like, as we learn who she is... And, like, the way that she – like, the fourth wall breaking, the way that it's justified in the show is fucking It's brilliant. the most genius thing that I've ever seen in so my genius. life. It's yeah. fucking brilliant to make that not a crutch because, like, that's the thing. Like, to, to make her – Who are you looking at? To, well, uh, oh. every, to, make, to, to make that an <laughs> actual thing that's, that's narratively driven, oh, my God. But I, I think that he – that we get kind of a trade-off where like where where he goes off to continue his kind of broken shattered journey and she kind of trails off on on a more graceful note so here's the thing about this show um i think that season two of fleabag really this thing is a show as a whole um i think not only is this the best show of this year i think that this is one of the best shows of the decade yeah for sure i think that this is like my my fiance Unge- was like, like, I think it's the greatest thing ever written, and I was like, I don't know. And then I tried really <laughs> hard to think of something else, and I was like, I, I just, I mean, this really like the this Sopranos, is TV at like, its finest, like of just it's three, it's a three hour movie that you're watching. Yeah. That there is, like you said, there is no fat. You are watching this journey that uh, Fleabag the character is going on, as well as Hot Priest, and. <laughs> I mean, like I said on the actual episode whenever I first brought the show up, whenever I watched through all of it, but, like, the last episode, I was, like, keeling over laughing. I applauded at my TV, and I was, like, had tears streaming down my face. All within a half hour of TV. Like, nothing can really – very, very few things in this world can do that to me, and this show just – it – it's on another level. Well, there's two there's two things that really stand out to me with this show. One being that using humor as a defense mechanism is very mm. rarely talked about. Mm-hmm. And I think I personally love making people feel uncomfortable. I love overly glorifying people because I want them to feel good about themselves. But then I don't realize that they're being embarrassed. And I feed off of that shit. 
But then when you actually take a step back and realize that that could be me not wanting the spotlight and putting it on somebody else and what that could do, I think that that is definitely personified in the show. The second thing is really that self-sabotaging kind of um, parallel where it almost seems like when you're in a situation, everything gets worse all at the same time. Mm -hmm. And then how do you bury or dig yourself out of that? I love that this show basically says that's what being a human being is. And you just need to take the time to appreciate life as is and, and move on. I love yes. that about this well, show. Well, that's the whole arc. Without getting into specific, that's the whole arc of season two. Is like, despite all of this, the burden of loss and grief and just not being able to function from these things, you can still live your life. I think oh, 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 I'm sorry. There's still- a third. I'm so sorry. I don't mean to interrupt. There's a third thing, too, before I lose it. The fact that different looks also have their own connotation as well. Like her little faces that she makes? Well, not just her, but like the cuts. In season two, there's like the the dinner. I'm not going to spoil it. The first episode. The first episode, there's like, it's like it cuts to people's just expressions. And And the expressions are communicating things to you without any words. The supporting cast of this show is incredible. It's it's so perfect because the acting is amazing. But just the fact that a look can say so many different things. Her sister, too, and especially. The her sister. Her sister and her make it each Our other. Our queen, Olivia Coleman. Yes. Who is, like, incredible. <laughs> but um, there's this one scene where, um, I'm just going to spoil this little tiny bit, where um, the main character, her Fleabag. name Fleabag, she's sitting with her dad outside having a say. Oh, my God. And they have this moment, and she says something to him. She just says one phrase. And at the end of the episode, I asked Ernest, I said, what did you take out of that scene? And he heard it a completely different way than I did. And then in discussing it, we found a third connotation behind the phrase. What's what? what well, he phrase? says, the, he the says, phrase was, he tells her, he tells, he tells her, her, you're not being naughty. What's a, like, yeah, why are you're not, why, making are you, a scene. why are you being so good? Basically? Why and are she's you on like, your best behavior? Right, right. Basically. And she says, because it doesn't matter. And so that can be taken in three different ways. That can be taken as, because it doesn't matter because I'm mature enough from season one. I've grown enough to learn that it doesn't matter, which it, I think that's what she meant to say to have it come off to him, to be yeah. like, it doesn't matter. The second connotation was, it doesn't matter, as in you stopped calling me, you stopped being a participating member of my life, so wow. it doesn't matter, like, F you, basically. Mm. And then the third connotation is like, it doesn't matter because the wife isn't going to be a long time partner in your life. She's nothing compared to what Holy we are. Shit, so it doesn't matter. That. So there's like, even though that scene was like a second, it had yeah, three different line. connotations and, and his face and his reaction even could be perceived as, as three well, different. That's, that's the thing about the show is that it's not just that moment. There's so many so moments like that it, that are in this show that can be taken on all these. I've actually started rewatching this no, show. It's, because I, it's, yeah. Lauren it's, made me rewatch it. Well, I, it's I the would, thing is that th- it's the first season at least you should rewatch after you've seen the whole season because once you know, it's not a twist necessarily. It's more like a, a revelation that you have about the character at the end of the first mm. season. But if you rewatch the first season, yeah, it completely recolors everything that happens. You're like, so, oh, shit. 
pretty much listeners of the show. This is like if you're going to watch one it's thing, fucking good. It's the wire from, in two seasons. It's it's. <laughs> <laughs> watch the show. Like, and the homecoming show is just on another level. Homecoming. Homecoming is also a yeah. Great show. Julia Roberts. Oh, is that good? <laughs> It's, it's, a, it's phenomenal, dude. It's based show. on like a tweet. What is it? Shameless based? Plug. podcast. It's based on, oh, a podcast. on a podcast. It's based on, yeah, that's yeah. right. And Fleabag. Well, thanks yeah. for coming on, Lee. Hopefully, we'll have you on for uh, what? Midsummer. Yes, big maybe. little eyes. Um, I just have to say that man, Midsummer date night movie of the year. Let me tell you, somebody who's already <laughs> seen it, like uh, take your loved one. Well, I don't know if you guys knew this, but Ernest and I had been dating for a while, and I didn't know I loved him until he took me to see Hereditary. And Yikes. when the head of the mom, spoilers, Whoa. oh, spoiler, 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 spoiler. And then spoiler. I realized, I looked over at him, and, and he was crying in fear, and I just thought, this is the man I'm going to spend it. the rest of my life with. And and that's why I bought it for him for his birthday. Okay, oh. cool. Yeah, I was going to say, and then in the middle of the night. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and then Lee was crawling on the walls. Whoa, All crazy. Right. All right, welcome back, Drew. All right, party's over, All right, everyone. time Settle to talk down. about Big Little Lies. You caught up on that, right, Drew? Ah, <laughs> uh, I got to go. <laughs> <laughs> Lee? <laughs> Tagging back in, tagging back in. Uh, yeah, I'll, I'll save Big Little Lies for later. I've been watching it. It's great. It's a Meryl, great show. Meryl's yeah. amazing. <laughs> Meryl Streep. Streep. Turns out that she's very good. Um, who would have thought that kid was going to make it? Not me. We'll, we'll touch on it more. It's a, it's a great show. Big Little Lies. True. Yeah. Real, and two. Reese Witherspoon. And uh, Nicole, Nicole Kidman. Kidman. What Laura is, fucking dude, Dern. Laura, Laura Dern. Do you know what I thought you guys were talking about? Pretty Little Liars. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's what Lee keeps calling it. She's like, you want to watch Pretty Big Little Liars? <laughs> what are you, a mom? <laughs> They're pretty big little liars. <laughs> Are you guys catching the Pokemon Go's? <laughs> we can we can talk about Pretty Little Liars if you want. No. Who's or, A? Or not. No. I don't know who A is. I, I'm, okay. is. Is that? Yeah, no. It's definitely not a ripoff of Gossip Girl either, where everyone's wondering who the Gossip Girl is. Totally different shows. We've been getting a lot of fan mail about this. Drew, you, so. you, just, you just had to run away to finish your findings on your greatest breakthrough so, yet. Oh, yeah, the... The, the method. I'd, I'd like to say that I was Is mostly. Is ready? I was eating a sandwich and doing lunges. What? Um, a sandwich from what establishment? Oh, I don't know. Uh, I think I made it at home and then put it would in it some. Would it be one that Little Why? Nas X would be welcome in? Oh! <laughs> Whoa! If he um, wanted to, let's just say Little Nas X, he's, he's, he's out cruising around on an old town road somewhere, and he, he's, he's like, you know, I'm going to have myself a chicken sandwich. I think that if. He did what I did. Is this an ad read right now? What's if, happening? If, if he did what I did, which is make his own sandwich okay, and then right. put it in That's a so box in- that he found in the, the dumpster <laughs> at the protest he was recently at. Upcycling. Upcycling. Yeah, I okay. found it got at it, the... It, yeah, I was protesting Give at Chick-fil-A. Give me back I, I, the gift receipt. <laughs> eat the fucking receipt. <laughs> it's all right. Everybody knows Chick-fil-A is the best fucking chicken. Um, we all know that. Yeah, Unfortunately, because I mean, they literally use the, the blood, blood of, of Jews. Yeah. <laughs> Whoa. Oh, sorry. That was this that's podcast. Subway. That's Subway. I'm sorry. So many turns. Um, yeah. Anyway, <laughs> okay, it's so, sprinkled with 9-11 dust. So, um, Drew, you've been uh, working on something, right? If you if you think about it, we, a we need sandwich to... is round and it's kind of like it's in the shape of two parabolas. <laughs> Upside down, definitely kissing each other. That's definitely that definitely tracks, and everyone's agreeing. And I want to talk about something that's not what we've been talking about. Um, I've been collecting data on my ongoing parabola thesis that I'm working on. I'm going to 
I'm not even going to go to grad school. I'm going to get a doctorate. Like how they give like Shaq a doctorate doctor. from yeah. LSU. I'm going to get a doctorate get for a this. Get a Twitter doctorate. The the Drew Dietzen parabola. The Dietzen theorem. I'm proud of that one. The Dietzen theorem <laughs> sounds like a real Saving thing. Saving that one. Yeah, the Dietzen theorem. Well, Wait, I already what, had what the. What did you say? When I was in. Uh, what, what did he say? Yeah, PhD. that's great. When I was in Tallahassee, I did have the Drew Maneuver, which was when you hit a red light, but then you pop a right turn and then pop a U-turn, and you beat the red light. <laughs> anyway. Don't try that in any kind of urban society, because it will not work. No, it only worked at this one intersection. If you're at Thomasville and uh, what's the other one? Uh, Man, really making where the Walmart is. Anyway. Here. Um, it's a hyper-local I've, I've collected a lot of data for my parabola, which is, if you're not familiar, which you should be, it's my theory that, uh, in fact, the worst uh, type of movie to watch is not a zero out of ten, as you may think. It's not a linear scale. We're looking at a five out of ten as the worst movie you could possibly watch. The reason being that the shape of this scatter plot is generally <laughs> a parabola, meaning that a zero out of ten movie is just as fun, if not funner, to watch than a 10 so out of 10 movie. What's an example of a zero and a five and a 10? As, okay, so I've been collecting data, which is uh, just like scientists like it, it's entirely subjective, is based on my opinions <laughs> on movies. Um, so a zero out of 10 is, everyone can agree, the room is a zero. Right, to me, it. I laughed just as much as I laugh watching a 10 out of 10 comedy, got watching it. the room. Uh, I've recently talked about Fateful Findings. That's maybe the only other zero I've ever seen in my life, because the level that these have set is like unbelievable these are the worst films of all time it's and the they mystery are science theater kind of theory of film exactly yeah, yeah the mis yes uh, you're the zero is exactly that, you right? have to for my parabola to work you have to be good at riffing <laughs> that is a that is mandatory okay. anyway Leah's i was asking where bright is on the parabola i, I did write bright on my parabola so th like i said it is more of a scatter plot than it is a purely linear uh scale so what we're dealing with is things that are in the general ballpark of what i'm looking for data wise but not like perfect like not every nine is an exact nine to watch that would be insane to think and i'm not insane okay <laughs> so <laughs> so bright thank you for asking i I would give that about a three because there are good actors. high. Well, there are good actors in it. It's written by visionary director Max Landis. It's written by unproblematic king Max Landis. Yeah. Um, Woke Bay Max Landis. It just be just for the purpose that it has. There's a lot of money put into it. And you can see that. But like I said, the three makes it worse than it being a zero. Like remember when we were watching Brighton, we were like, this is just not even fun. Right. And it I ended up arduous. giving it a three. And I gave it a four to watch because there were plenty of laughable moments, but really not enough to make it fun at all. This is a below average watch. I, to be honest, I think that it was fun because we watched it as a group. If I was watching it by myself, especially because it's on Netflix, I would have just turned it off. <laughs> well, I, you would turn off if you were watching uh, a, a like a six out of ten movie that's also a four out of ten watchability. Okay, you so would like, turn that off too. So what's a six out of ten? A six out of ten on my scale was. I lost my data. Where's my data? <laughs> I'm nothing without my numbers. He's not crazy. Um, a, a Judd Apatow comedy called This is 40. Have you seen okay, this? Yep, 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 yep. This is one. <laughs> <th> <laughs> this is as close as we get to like breaking the parabola because really you could talk me into this being like a three of watchability. Okay. I would end up giving it like a four or okay. a five. Which is not ideal. Well, what makes it okay? But I get my question is how. So if bright is a three and this is forty is a six, like how, what's the what is the numerical? 
Well, also, I feel Content. like another another thing that you have to keep in mind here is that watchability is all about first viewing. Rewatchability is like a totally that's a, different. That's a totally a different. different yeah, spectrum. that's a different rewatchability shape. Rewatchability is un- yeah. it's a shape I can't that, name. That's a Z because axis. That's, see, yeah, you that's need a like, third dimension. Because yeah, yeah. that's the whole thing of that. Like, I think about a movie like um, There Will Be Blood. That movie right. is like a ten out of ten perfect. It's not a movie you want to go back and like catch no, up on but like first watch three we're times talking. a week. We're right. talking first watch. That's a ten, of course. Yeah. yeah, because it's perfect. You're just so captivated. Other ones that I would put as a ten, like being there. We just talked about it. To me, that's a ten, and it was a ten to watch. Yeah. Like there's, I just couldn't fault the experience or the movie itself. Um, perfect five, uh, Pearl Harbor. I would give a perfect five. Um, the, the Josh. Hartnet, <sighs> yes, vehicle, yeah. <laughs> primarily a Michael Bay because film. this is a I'd Michael give Bay. that lower than a five, but that's just me. Well, uh, the thing is, it's because Michael Bay is not an incompetent filmmaker. He has his vices filmmaking wise, but he's capable of incredible shots, very dynamic shots. So it's a movie that often looks great, and it's a movie with actors who have done much better things. So they're not absolutely like failing in the way of like the room or whatever, but. Because of that, you're also not cracking up like you should be with a bad movie. Right. I'll give you another example that you're going to agree with, like Batman vs. Superman. Right. There is clearly effort put into the movie, and so the output is exactly not enough to be anything at all. So 5 is exactly – it's a, it's a competent film – that's perfectly unwatchable. That is mediocre. Truly, truly the most average that you're thing. Literally, yeah. I'm thinking about from this year, like a movie like Dumbo, where I right. forgot the scene that just happened as right. the movie was going on. So, but, but it's like, but it's Tim Burton, and it's yeah, and it's like, and it's I mean, like, this right. wasn't like it right. wasn't like a guy pooping on screen that I just watched for an hour and forty five minutes. So, like, there was some <laughs> effort. Yeah, that's that's exactly. Rocky Seven. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> that's and a that's, a 10. that's ten. Creed. That's a ten. <laughs> um. Dumbo, I did end up giving a five, and it's a one of watchability. Yeah, Truly right. not enjoyable on any front to okay, me personally. So, so just I'm ju- I'm just trying to understand how the numerical part of this works. So so it's it's the normal scale we're all familiar with, where it's like a one to ten. So look at your fingies. Look at right. <laughs> Tell me. How, oh no, but, you but, have but, like twenty fingers. <laughs> no, that's, that's why that's I'm disgusting. not getting it. That's why. <laughs> no 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 scale. no. I'm just saying like okay, so like on the numerical scale, if a three is roughly equivalent to a six. What makes something a six versus a three? Well, a three, I guess, would be a seven, right? Oh, right, right, right. A four would be a six. So a six, like the movie This Is 40 for me, there are moments in that that are, like, good. Okay, all right. You know, good filmmaking, good jokes. However, if it's a good movie that's not great, yeah, that's the same thing as a bad movie that's not off. Because I don't want to waste my time with a six. Like, to me, that's just as much of a waste of time as watching a four. Got it. You know what I mean? Because what, like this is 40. You know what the stakes of that movie are? They end up having to move out of their giant house and move into a slightly smaller house. Right. That to me is not a good movie, uh, despite having like great jokes within it. So I would just as much as I wish I hadn't seen that. I wish I had also not seen Dumbo or I wish I had not seen Christopher Robin. That's a movie I would give a four. Disney's Christopher Robin. Yes. I'm giving it a are four. You, what, but what grade would you give as very important papers? <laughs> that if that was the plot of the movie, it's a ten because we'd be laughing the whole time. That was the only time I was laughing, unfortunately. Um, okay, all right. But yeah, moving uh, lower, the Predator. I would give a three if I'm being generous. A three Ooh. because there are there is an amount of humor that seems intentional, and then most of it is not intentional. But watchability, I'd give it a six. Um, oh no, I I do well, a hard disagree on that one. Well, no. Here's the other thing about the parabola. 
the parabola does not factor in paying to see the movie. Okay. It's, oh, I no. I consider my time. Well, no, we, yeah, yeah. well, yeah, but we have to, we're on an even scale here, so it has to be you're watching it on your TV. It cannot be some movies or theater movies and otherwise, because if I'm paying to see a three, I'm going to be very fucking mad, like right, I was right, with right. the Predator. If I w- caught that at home, I'd be laughing a lot more because it's a funny, like horrible movie. I didn't spend money directly on it because I have AMC A list. Shout out to you. I might cancel you whenever Regal comes along. Damn, um, but, supporting mediocre film um, watching. Yeah, no, I think that also another reason why I was so salty about is because we had already dedicated ourselves and you listeners to us doing a podcast about it and I was just like I don't remember what happened it it was bad yeah well that's yeah that's I mean there's another parabola for film podcasters (laughs) yeah oh I'm you can make I might get into the listenability Um, parabola (laughs) but anyway I don't want to harp on the low movies you guys get the idea in general however there's some there are a lot of nines that I found were tens to watch for example Truman Show um, Whoa! Yeah, I, for yeah. sure. Like for yeah. me, that's an absolute like, eleven out of ten to watch. Yeah, like that yeah. is as fun to watch as any movie. It's a great. But I, I'm not going to call it a perfect like act- no, okay. cinema. Right. Yeah. You know, I'm a hundred percent on board. Yeah, but that still keeps it extremely close to the curve that we're creating. A nine slash ten. I get what you're saying. You know what I mean? Scatterplot is yeah. a good. Yeah, scatterplot is it's, coming it's together. It's so close. What to you're the saying is that in the uh, actually uh, Jesus of Nazareth said the same thing uh, that. <laughs> <laughs> No, I get compared a lot. He, don't laugh. He, he said, "I don't. I can't. Oh, oh, my mother would be so disappointed." <laughs> but he has some pretty harsh words for mediocrity at some point in the Bible. He's like, "Better to be just like a full-on piece of shit than just like mediocre." Yeah. That sounds like Jesus. Yeah, Jesus said, <laughs> "I'd, I'd like rather Jesus fuck a cracks fun open, than a boring." Jesus cracks eight. open a strawberry. <laughs> so another reason. Another reason why I think a scatterplot analogy works best is because I think about a movie, specifically it usually works with art house movies, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. Um, where there can be some beautiful, gorgeous movies, but they're not the, very good to Tree of Life on your... Or, haven't yeah, seen it. I was going to say, a movie like uh, Tree of Life or Nicholas Winding Refn's Only God Forgives. Yeah. I think these movies are like two out of ten. And they are so unwatchable. I want to like stab myself wow. in the eyes and swear off. Are they film. two out of ten or are they six? Well, out that's of what 10? I'm saying. So to call that a two is to betray the fact that maybe there are some good visuals in there. Because like Lee, only Lee God has, forgives Lee is the best music video oh, ever made. I have a question. What? But what if there's um, movies that are being made just for the nostalgic component that the shouldn't ready even ones. be well more so like the remakes like these live action the remakes like shit. some of that like the beauty and the beast and yeah. like the teenage mutant ninja turtles like it's just kind of like they're almost conning us to just get those fans that are like oh i can't wait to see yeah. what this would be like if it was real do they not make it on the parabola no. at all well they do they kind of suck well they do because it comes down to my subjectivity and i try to view those like <laughs> completely separate from nostalgia those are all fives well like for, those are all so fives, the right? Jungle Book, uh, right. oste- ostensibly was done well, great visuals, looked great, had a plot. I'd end up giving it a six, a seven if I'm very generous. But wow, Jesus, that's harsh on. I love the Jungle Book remake. Yeah, really? but well, it's I like the Jungle loved? Book, the actual Jungle Book, so I couldn't like this yeah. one because it, it's in the an original abs- Jungle it's Book. Way worse. A cartoon orangutan <laughs> jumps over his own arms and goes super da bop, super da bop. Yeah, that's it's amazing. it's just objectively a lot worse than the original Jungle Book. Yeah, like yeah. it just is, and I, that's what I'm worried about with this Lion King. Like that's exactly. See, all these I was gonna say, yeah. I think that these live action things, I think they're onto something. 
But what I'm, are doing they I'm doing a bit. I'm doing a bit. I don't. I don't. Gonna, I don't agree with what because I'm really, there, someone made a very. I think simple... their originality is overrated, guys. <laughs> someone like, made a very simple post that like delineates the exact problem here, which is they compared the character designs in this new Lion King where every lion looks the same because they're photorealistic right, to the lion. lion King where they all look so different and creatively drawn. Yeah. Like that's the fucking problem here. If you're going for realism, I could just like go outside. Like I could just watch a YouTube We're video. recording live from the Sahara this episode. It's just insane. Like the whole point of art to me, I don't like, I don't stand realist painters. I stand like abstract artists, right, like impressionists. Right, yeah. That's what's cool about art. You can put your own you brain into it. Yeah. Well, that's what was remarkable about Disney for so long was that the their way that Disney animated was like fucking mind blowing. Like yeah. you watch it, di- like Bambi even, which is a, is a, a decent as a movie as a piece of animation is fucking unbelievable. Yeah. Yeah. Hand drawn frame by frame. Yeah. yeah Cause yeah. you're freed up. You're not, constrained to reality like yeah. the whole point of drawing something is you can do whatever you want to me here's like, my it, my it, biggest it's insane my biggest qualm with this upcoming lion king where the make it or break it moment for me is gonna be whether those bugs under the bark look delicious or not <laughs> because in the cartoon i wanted to eat those bugs because yeah, yeah, they yeah. looked they're scrumptious. juicy and, yeah yeah <laughs> That's a little preview for Ernie's review. Well, coming and I didn't the, want to eat the bugs. It's a two. And in the new one, they're just going to look like fucking maggots. You're not yeah. going to want to eat that shit. Yeah. I well, it'll be played as a joke. Man, just wait for the live action Ratatouille remake when it's just a fucking mouse <laughs> running around. Or and you're like, a- why is that rat on the food? I don't want to fucking eat that. <laughs> He's got like visible fleas. Yeah. Yeah, it's like gross. And then the, the guy who plays Linguini is just an incel. <laughs> <laughs> or or the sequence in The Lion King when uh, they're doing I, I Just Can't Wait to Be King, and it yeah. turns into this like kaleidoscopic, colorful, All the, gorgeous yeah, thing. Like sliding well, down ostrich necks and stuff. Yeah, yeah but, but it's like, yeah. it's not realistic. No, 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 no it's, it's fantastic. Full fantasia for, colors. Yeah. Yeah. And so with The Jungle Book, they barely sang any songs. Like the, it, the Christopher biggest Wa- problem with Christopher it. Walken like, talked through a song. Yeah. Most of the other I songs were not included But at hey, all. I mean, they got Gambino and... Or, Glover, Donald, comma, uh, and uh, Beyonce, comma, Knowles. Greg, I, I do want to see you finish that impression. <laughs> I'm not going to do uh, it. Too late. <laughs> we got a tease. I want to be like you. Ooh, ooh. <laughs> That's what it was. Yeah, you've I want to talk them. like you. And you're like, <laughs> and that, is... that was funny. Like, but it wasn't. Also, its face looked like Christopher Walken. It did. Like, that was, it was weird. Like a his face yeah. in an orangutan. And then he was huge, and he smashed that whole temple up. But that was yeah. all dumb. He he jumped over his arms and went Chewbacca, Chewbacca, Chewbacca in the original movie, and it was the best thing in the whole movie. And um, that's the Disney I grew up with. Anyway, a couple other points on my graph. Um, if we're getting close to a zero, any uh, Hallmark. Christmas movie. Yep. Those oh, man. Are, those are so Christmas fun to watch. Christmas. They're, so, Christmas. they're all ones, and they're so fun to watch because of that. Like, yeah. I And they all have the same plot. Yeah. Because what happened with Bright is, like, I there got to a point where I couldn't follow what was happening because it kept throwing some weird shit every five well, seconds. that's Max Landis for you. Yep, that and, is Max And with Landis Merry Christmas, I was like, well, I mean, there's an elevator that's weird, but other than that, it's pretty standard stuff. <laughs> <laughs> that movie is insane. They're all standing by an elevator, like screaming, and there's a staircase right next to them because the elevator's like closed down. They're like, "Oh, we want to get on the elevator." 
They should have all like been in wheelchairs. Well, to be fair, to be fair, cut that part out. That is pretty realistic, man. Dude, we live in a society. Yeah, we do live in a society. <laughs> I have to thank you for saving our relationship, Drew. Oh, really? Whoa. Because you know we had we we we're having some struggles right now. Where Ernest wants me to see pretty much every single thing that's in theaters, and financially, I can't afford to go to every single thing. And we're having debates on what we should watch every single day. But your grading scale on yeah. every single piece is now what is going to determine whether or not Ernest and I are going to partake in this, this endeavor yeah, of that's, commitment. That's my exact goal. So I appreciate you're, that. Yeah, you're saving relationships. I, so no, I knew Dr. Phil. From, from zero to five. <laughs> The closer you get to zero, the more inclined I would be like, you know what? Right. Fuck it. It'll be hilarious. But anything above a six is kind of like I have to go to save my relationship. <laughs> is that what it is? Yes. Yeah. It, it's literally like watch a zero through three or an eight through ten. That's what I'm saying. If you're deciding what to watch, never take a flyer on a movie that has very mixed reviews. Like either watch one that's consensus great or consensus horrible. So I there was I, a, I well I don't know about that because then you get into the whole thing of like a movie like Midsommar, yeah. which has well, very not, mixed reviews. Well, no, like for people you respect though, yeah. like reviewers that we like, like Midsommar. You know, back when Netflix still had comments on movies, there was a comment on a movie that was like. Uh, all of the reviews are either one star or five star. And then this guy had given it three stars and was like, look, here's the thing. Watch any movie that has either entirely one and five star reviews. <laughs> like he's like that. It's going to be yeah. amazing. Yeah. I phrased that. I phrased that poorly. Actually, yeah. like don't watch anything with media. If it's a, yeah. if it's all right. If you if you pull up a movie on IMDb and it's a six out of ten, and then all the reviews are six out of ten, you have a problem. Yeah. If you pull up one and it's a six, and then it's all one and ten, watch it. Yeah. Because that's Merry Christmas. A lot of people get on there and like, I don't know, I liked it. They give it a ten. Also, a lot of people are like, Hey, I've seen one other movie in my life, and I realized <laughs> that this is a bad movie. Um. So yeah, you're right. You want you act, you almost want the mixed reviews as long as they're from like polarized from well from like the layman you want mixed reviews um from people you respect you want either it's great or it's fucking horrible right so let's get let's let's wrap it up let's get to your findings conclusions oh i see this is just the it's a work in progress yeah i'm I'm working on like a middle school style like science fair display with the the trifold trifold cardboard you need to make a website i would spend all day just plugging movies into that parabola i that's a great idea that's what i've been like crowdsource it that's what i no. i'm this is mine This is how I get a I already job. I said originality yeah. is overrated, man. Just yeah. like fucking take it to Disney. I'm going to get a job writing for Vulture off this parabola. Nice. Okay. And that's okay. oh, that's so truly as high guy. as it gets. Yeah. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> In terms once of my you goals. once you interview the Lonely Island, then yeah, you're yeah. set. Anyway, another a, a few other stray examples: Bohemian Rhapsody five slash one. Um, <laughs> But that was more in retrospect. That's higher on Bohemian Rhapsody than I am. Well, so. I mean, it's two different directors, and there are shots and sequences that are great. And, and then there are others that yeah. are awful. And so it ends up just being a five. And it has Oscars. So therefore, it's good. It's Yeah. That's how it works. Crash um, is the best movie of the 2000s. So. I, I talked about Twilight last week. Um, three <laughs> overall, eight to watch. Greg, have you ever seen Twilight? I have seen uh, I've seen part of the first Twilight back when I was in the army over someone's <laughs> shoulder in the barracks. 
What were they Whoa, doing? That's a different. Man. That's <laughs> another podcast. How is that watchability? <laughs> <laughs> saw a lot of movies that way. Actually, saw Crash that way. Oh no, I'm sorry. It was funny to listen. Were you to... like, wow? I vaguely know about racism now. Yeah, I was like, well, <laughs> I don't. I mean, is the movie like that racism exists? Yeah. Yeah. That's I think. It. I think that's it. I think that it's Brendan Fraser teaching us well, that racism. The best exists. thing in all of Crash is that Darth Vader was white. <laughs> like that's a good line. Uh, yeah, a lot of that's it. A lot of movies have the courage to say that racism exists, but only Crash had the courage <laughs> to say that it's bad. <laughs> anyway, we got to wrap it up. So <laughs> let's we? talk about watchability. Let's you talked about watchability in that parabola. Let's talk about the listenability parabola. Most people are listening to us because we're like what, like a two on the podcast. Yeah, scale? which makes us an eight. Yeah, yeah, it makes us just a two. <laughs> we're trying to out. be a bad podcast, um, and we're succeeding. Yeah, it turns out that we're, we're just succeeding. bad, and God damn. Oh, the, the Patreon subscribers are, oh, God, they're hopping <laughs> off the feed as we speak. <laughs> they're asking for their money <laughs> yeah, back. They, this isn't going well. Um, so, guys, it turns out that we don't need to read anymore in schools and everything else. We should take English as a subject out of our schools wow. because there's this new hip thing that's going on. I think that podcast kind of started it up. It's a thing called, it's like a book, but it's in, uh, how would you say an audio form? Oh man. I'm just going to, I'm going to coin the term now. It's an audio book. Oh, whoa. Whoa. Um, whoa. So I've been getting into these one word, unquote, one word audio book. No, that's two. Let's call it a, the audio book. <laughs> The audio space book. Dot com. <laughs> um, <laughs> so I've been getting into <laughs> audio books lately. Um, been having a lot of free time. And I have been diving into <laughs> The Shining. Oh, man. Stephen um, King's The Shining? Stephen King's The Shining. I'm honestly, I'm about halfway through the book at this point because I've just been plowing through it. Um, it is, it's great. It's The Shining. Um, the car is a different it's color, It's actually... Right? <laughs> that's yeah, That's the only change, actually. Yeah. That's it. Otherwise, it's did, word for word. Did they fake the moon landing in this version? The book yes. is, Yeah, the book is not. Oh, about. it's not faked. It's just like he, Jack Torrance is walking around like, hey, I did the moon landing. <laughs> I did the moon. Um, and they're like, I don't think that's right. Um, so... And they're wrong. This is... <laughs> It's actually, I will say, uh, if you're interested in getting into it, it's one of the shorter Stephen King books. It's only around, like, 600 pages. <laughs> Oof. Yeah, that sounds right. But it's on the shorter side as far as Stephen on King On the early go. days of the cocaine binge. Oh, yeah. he's kind of still in the middle of it. Um, but uh, it's quite good. Um, the I can't remember the guy who does the uh, um, the voice reading of it, Statman but it's very Brothers. good. I think that's it. I think it's uh, Christopher Waltz. Um, that he uh, Jack Christoph had Waltz. a problem. <laughs> we are I, having so much fun reading the book. Yeah, I think that's exactly how it is. It's just like Danny, Danny. <laughs> Who's that? <laughs> that was like, Who's yeah, that? that was good. Wasn't <laughs> that was, it was solid. Um, yeah, so <laughs> check it out. Uh, it's it's. I haven't got to the point where it's super different from the movie. Like um, hedges come to life and shit, right? Yeah, so that's the thing. I have gotten to that part. Hedges come to life. It's more so that it's just like embellished from the movie. They definitely make a lot more of the whole thing of what The Shining is than the movie. 
in the movie itself, it's pretty much like Danny has the shining and then like he can kind of see some shit, but for the most part, it just kind of turns into a horror movie, which I mean, it's amazingly well executed because it's Stanley fucking Kubrick. So yeah. he knows, turns out the guy kind of knows what he's doing. He can hold a camera um, and Steven Spielberg Steven, and ready player one. Yeah. Yeah. Same level. Um, yeah. <laughs> I think, I think ready player one did it better. Um, <laughs> I, it's it's very uh, I, I God you damn it you made me lose my train. Can of I, here, um, let me so, ask you this? What do you think? So like the the with all the wackiness that happens in the book, The Shining, do you, Kubrick couldn't have made it because it would have looked dumb no matter what he did. Do you think they could make it now true to book? <coughs> Doctor Sleep. So they could. Um, that's Esther? actually I will get into that. Uh, that's kind of the reason why I've been getting into reading The Shining. Um, but. There is definitely some things like the hedges that are shaped like animals that come to life um, that they could make more true. There's also just like a long ass chapter that's just Jack reading through the history of the Overlook Hotel that you could not do in a movie because it would just be boring as hell. You'd just be like looking at a person reading a book and him just like reading excerpts out loud as exposition. What if he looked directly into the camera? (laughs) (laughs) Then I think that that could be perfect. Um, It's good. I, the whole thing with Jack, uh, Jack's alcoholism plays a much bigger role. And I mean, in the book itself in the book, uh, I don't remember if this is a part in the movie. If so, it's not very well touched on, but when Jack was going in his full alcoholism binges, he uh, broke Danny's arm just because Danny went into it. He's still the same thing. He's trying to be uh, the next great author of our time. And uh, Danny, as this little three-year-old boy, wants to go play in Daddy's office and throw his throws his pages everywhere. And so Jack grabs him and just snaps this little boy's arm. Jesus. Uh, very savage. There's also a whole thing about how Jack actually gets fired from his job because – one of his students, uh, he was on this debate team. One of his students got kicked off the team because he had a really bad stutter. So uh, he thought that he was kicked off because he had a stutter and that, uh, like, Jack just, his teacher hated him. So he came home and he, like, slashed his tires. Jack caught him and then, like, literally beat him almost to death. Um, so that's why he got fired and that's why he's watching the Overlook Hotel. Um, there's like little touches like that that more so like embellish the story. Um, it's very good. I started reading it because of, as you guys said, Doctor Sleep is coming out, a sequel to The Shining that's starring going to take Ewan, place. starring our boy Ewan, um, who is playing Danny, who's grown up. Uh, there's definitely potential there. For is this gonna overlap with the book? larger? Ewan as a grown-up childhood character he cinematic will have universe. Very important papers. I do have that on good Ewan authority. Is a <laughs> he has papers. It's yeah. He's got the papers. Yeah. So 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 the whole hundred acre hundred acre wood gang will be the hedge monsters. And it's instead of yes. imagining Winnie the Pooh, he's imagining Scatman Crothers. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. <laughs> Um, well, because when you have the shining, you can talk to your to your childhood uh, felt toy uh, creatures. Yeah, yeah, right. And your fingers. Yes, and they talk back. Yeah. Um, so 
yeah, it turns out The Shining is pretty good. The Stephen King guy, he might be on to something. Okay. Has, um, and, unless I'm mistaken, drugs, Stephen, Stephen King still has not admitted that the movie is good. He still oh, doesn't no, like Stephen, it. He says it's bad. No, Stephen King adamantly like hates the movie. Because I think he thinks that it, like, to him it misses the point. Because the movie just goes full horror. Yeah. Where Stephen King, like a lot of his stuff, uh, thinking specifically of It, it has these horror aspects. But really it's a, like, whole uh, commentary on childhood or on alcoholism. And, and sci-fi abuse. a little bit. And, yeah, like, I mean, it for Stephen King things they're always more than just like they use horror as this vehicle for them to branch out into these other uh more grand ideas so you'd say that stephen king still got it oh. <sighs> he's yeah. got it he might be washed but he still got it all right we are <laughs> um, at right about an hour over an hour at this point are you trying to cut me off like i just waited patiently through drew's oh bullshit God. about a goddamn parabola <laughs> um so i'm just gonna bring it up i don't care you can't you can play your music play your oscar <laughs> music try and play me off stage i don't care um I watched all of Documentary bum, bum, Now. Bum, bum, Dude, it is so made by human fucking It's good. so good. It goes, the newest the, season it goes is the Documentary best Now, Fleabag, <laughs> nothing else. So I think you should leave. I think you, you should leave. You've this, seen that, yeah. right? Um, well, speaking of our boy, Tim Robinson, yeah. is in the uh, last episode of the newest season. We love to see him. Um, and it is amazing. Really, I just wanted to shout out a few standout episodes. Dude, that final one, though. The last episode, any given Saturday <laughs> afternoon. <laughs> awesome. About a bowling league. It's just awesome. It's just the whole premise behind it is great. The whole, like, it's, Drew, you'll like this. It's very much shot like old sports and even, like, early 30 for 30 documentaries. Yeah, the graphics like, like, of the. Yeah. Faithfully. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> very, very much like that's what they're going for, and they just absolutely God, nail it. Um, so Michael much. C. Hall, man. Oh my Michael God. Michael C. Hall Ooh. is a god. Dexter, absolutely is just dead inside. Bobby <laughs> Moynihan. Bobby um, fucking Moynihan. Yeah, Michael C. Hall plays a guy named Deadeye. Everybody <laughs> thinks that's because like, oh, he's just like a sharpshooter, man. And it's because he literally just has dead eyes that like he looks like he will kill anyone. Yeah, typecast. Um. um uh, Bobby yeah, with his with his ninety point championship win. Man, yeah, that was. There's some amazing moments. The first uh, two episodes, the double episode that's making fun of. Um, it's a mockumentary wild, wild of uh, Wild Wild Country. Pretty. That strong. is amazing. Michael um, Keaton, man. Mm. I think my favorite episode of the season, though, is the. It's the episode is called Original Cast Album. Yes, hundred yeah. percent. John Mulaney 100%. wrote and stars in this episode. It's the, it's the performance of his fucking lifetime. <laughs> it's so good. When you ruin the, the conversation, when he's like, "When you ruin the conversational tone," it's like nails on a chalkboard to me. I love all of you. So <laughs> John Mulaney is on another level. Also, because the music is actually good, it yeah. actually adds something. Uh, it really does sound like a solid musical score that you're listening to. That's that episode is some of the funniest fucking shit. Yeah, it's so one, good. One thing about Mulaney is uh, you read the Ringer ran a great interview article with him mm -hmm. by Allison Herman where and a few uh, people have done this where their whole pre premise is basically Mulaney doesn't need anything else. He's just going to keep being the best at stand up. And I want him to act like he's an amazing. Yeah. Well, of course, he's always going to write. But like they're like, yeah, no, he realized he didn't need to be 
in a TV show. And I was like, I would, I would love to see him in a fucking TV show. Maybe he doesn't need to be showrunner, but when he's in anything, he's good. Like, he's, just show up. Yeah, he's good. He's, I, just, he's, he's basically at I'd watch him read a phone book level. Like, yeah. Yeah. Um, there's, uh, I also, I know, Drew, this one is very near and dear to your heart. Um, there is an episode called Searching for Mr. Larson, <laughs> which is yeah, I, I brought this one on, up. Uh, the uh, Dear Mr. Waterson. Uh, oh, fuck. Or, uh, yeah, you yeah, told yeah, me about dear this, Mr. but it's Larson, about Gary Larson. Is, yeah, it's about Gary Larson, who made the Far Side comics and trying to find him. Um, and Armisen. it is Fred Armisen. It's just on another level. Have like you guys he's... have you guys talked about Forever yet? I I no, I, I told them about it and they didn't watch it. All right, well, but we'll, it was we'll one save of that um, one for another time. Yeah, it was one of the better shows of last year. Um, and then also, uh, I I I will I don't want to get into too many specifics. Like I said, this is my favorite season of Documentary Now. Whoa, yeah, that they've had. I just think like every episode. I only shout out those episodes, but really every episode. Yeah, the one with Kate Blanchett. Kate Blanchett. (laughs) Yeah. um, There's I can't remember what the episode six was, but they were all amazing. Um, I miss Bill Hader because I I fucking love Bill Hader. Bill Hader could. Yeah, there's no, there is no Bill in this one. He was busy uh, with Barry. Barry, Yeah. 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 Um, And then one last thing I wanted to bring up. Uh, I talked about. Uh, Neon Genesis Evangelion last week. God, you said you wouldn't one do of, this. One of the great. It's. I really think it's the best anime ever made. Whoa. I yeah. I think that's. It's my favorite anime ever because it's so many things. It's a fucking like mech show that's just disguised as one this whole first. commentary on like social anxiety and depression. Um, and it I, works as just a mech show. It also does. Yeah, yeah, it's also just super fun and really delightful just to watch in just that premise. Um, after the show ended, its last two episodes are pretty controversial because it goes full Lynchian, Kubrickian nightmare, um, which I love the last two episodes. And then they made a movie called The End of Evangelion, which is almost a redo of it's not necessarily a redo it can either take place after the last two episodes or it can take place in just an alternate timeline from the last two episodes but it has more of what people actually wanted which was this mix of both the crazy existentialism and also just some of the most gorgeous and beautiful hand-drawn animation i've ever seen in my life like which wasn't in the original show uh, no, I mean, there's plenty of amazing animation in the no, original No, but in show. that in that final episode. It's supplementary. I, it's Because so what, I, what some... I heard is, like, the final episode is just, like, stills. Uh, a lot of it is. There's a lot animation. of it is, but it's it's the way that it is all animated and layered on top of each other. It's more than just stills. Like, there's more that's going on than it's, just, like, It's very stills. Lynchian. That's a perfect explanation for that last yeah. episode. Yeah. Um, Really, I this show gives me a feeling towards the end of it that I haven't felt since Twin Peaks: The Return, which oh, is man. why I love this show. And this, I think that End of Evangelion is a perfect movie, especially given just the show itself. I mean, it's kind of like Fire Walk with Me. You can't just like watch that <laughs> without having context on the show, yeah. or you'll be like, "Oh, this sucks." Well, I'm just <laughs> watching pretty colors animated on the screen, but. I think that it's just I 
If you're listeners of the podcast, I did the same pitch last week. Check the show out and then watch the movie. It's on Netflix. The dub kind of sucks, but it's not that bad. I there I will I, I shed all over the dub last week, but there was a point I was eating my lunch and I didn't want to have to keep reading subtitles. I did put on the dub, and the dub does get better as the season goes along. The dub does. The, the dub, dub does, does what the dub does. If you're intimidated and you don't want to have to read the whole time because you're a fucking plebeian, then just put on the dub and it's still or good. Or fucking learn Japanese, you fucking yeah. imbeciles. That's what really kills me about this discourse. <laughs> you got to learn Japanese. Or don't watch it. I'm or it's sorry. it's not for you. Never watched an anime in my life. You know why? I don't know Japanese. Yeah. That's why. Because you're culturally sensitive. Well, yeah. I mean, we are, we should say, we are recording this podcast in Japanese and then we translate it. <laughs> Yeah. We do this I, for you. Sometimes I do wonder what the dub guys in English, what their voices sound like. Because it's totally different from ours. We're yeah. just... Yeah, probably a bunch of fucking asshole. <laughs> We're all voiced by women. I mean, that's usually how it goes. We're all women. <laughs> We're voice. Yeah, I think they're making us men over in America. Oh, but no. we're all... Yeah. <laughs> all right. Well, on that Any, note, Anything else? <laughs> let's wrap it up, boys. All right. Thanks for listening to We Bought a Mic. You can uh, check out our review of Spider-Man Far From Home and coming up, our review of Midsommar. Mm. I hope you have an amazing 4th of July weekend. If you're in D.C. right now, please do something crazy. For the love of God, do something. Please. Please. Just are you asking people to, like, bomb the what White are you, House? Yeah, what, what are, are you, you doing, doing right now? Ernest. I've asked him to just have a great time. His, his eyes Don't have that dark phoenix glow. Enjoy, <laughs> enjoy the celebrations. Just just enjoy The them. room is vibrating. Um, I, d- I have one more thought to close out on. There's one movie that breaks the parabola, for me, at least. Oh, whoa. Because we all have our vices that we know it's not a 10, but is a 10 to watch. Mine is Limitless. That movie is a 7. But that movie's a ten to me. I well, I watch it watch so ability, much. It's a very fun movie. Yeah, that, to yeah. But even on first watch, I was like, "Damn, I love it this shit, Bradley dude." What Coops. if I like took Adderall and got smart? You know, that's what that's <laughs> the appeal. Smart. It's the best frat bro movie of all. Yeah, like, of all that time. and like of John Wick too. Dude, bro, Limit, if I could like manage Limitless my cocaine is the addiction, the reason there's a Silicon Valley. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Damn. Anyway, levels, levels. See you next year. Uh, yeah. Uh, we also got. Lion King coming up, and Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Wait, are we are we not doing Far From Home? Yes. Yeah, we, well, we, we already did, did it. it. You're, we already did it. You're not. Yeah. <laughs> oh, you got edited out. Oh. I'm sorry. Yeah. I. We <laughs> will see you next time. Thanks for listening. Bye bye.